I'm like, okay, here we go. Whew, time to get out of my shell. I yeah. see a person kind of standing over there in the corner, just kind of looking down. Here we go, Amy. Don't be a weirdo. Don't, don't, you know, like, don't, <laughs> don't be a weirdo. <laughs> this is Boss Ladies. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Boss Ladies. I'm so excited we're finally doing this. We've been wanting to do this for so long. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your story and your career journey that that sort of led you to running the world of hackathons and, and amazing tech events? Sure. What I actually did was graduate from high school, got a job washing dishes, was a cook in a kitchen, I waitressed, I worked at a grocery store, I worked a whole bunch of jobs because I met my husband when I was 18 and um, he wanted to finish school and so I was putting him through school. So I worked a lot of undesirable jobs, but whatever. And I did that and then I landed into bartending and they hired me to work full time. I had been waitressing over on the restaurant side. They hired me to be a bartender. I was, was just like it was full time hours plus they were always having me work on weekends and mm -hmm. overtime and I just did that and I did that for seven years. I tend to find stuff and just stick with it. Um, and clearly you're such a hard worker. This is amazing. So like I did that. I, I kept working there. I was a bar manager there. Mm -hmm. I, I remember getting my first promotion and being like, oh no, no, I, no, mm -mm, I can't be the manager. <laughs> Why not? I was like, Dale's been here for like 20 years. He should be the manager. I was like, I can't be his boss. And yeah. like, yes, you can. And talking to Dale, and I'll never forget the conversation. Dale came to work. I'm like, Dale, they want me to be the bar manager. He's like, so what's the problem? I was like, I can't be your boss. He goes, yes, you can. <laughs> I was like, no, I can't. And he goes, yes, you can, Amy. You already do all the work the bar manager does anyway. You should be the boss. And I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. I was like, are you going to listen to me? He goes, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you find your so, way? Yeah. So I did that for seven years. And then while I was there, my husband is the one that really encouraged me to go to school. So I started with one class and then I did a certificate program mm -hmm. and then I turned that one into a degree. And everybody's like, and Dale, Amy, you are going to be going to college for 10 years if you don't <laughs> to get a move on. But I did. I did it. I graduated. Um, we had a big, uh, what is it called? A recession. Mm -hmm. um, I actually didn't get a job in my field. I got an office job. Um, through a friend of a friend was like, oh, Amy, you know, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll do that job. Um, I did that. My, we moved, we relocated for my husband's job. I got another job in an office. Mm -hmm. I had this IT degree and I wound up in HR. I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. I got to work on an incredible project that ultimately was to streamline and reduce headcount by 40% in HR um, oh, yikes. by going, by <laughs> making everything, all the systems automated and stuff, but it was an amazing experience. Um, and so I did that. And then again, my husband's career relocated us. And that was when I basically landed at Cornell. Um, and then I have been at Cornell now, I want to say it's like 17 years. That's amazing. And that, and yeah, and then at Cornell, it was, again, I was in engineering recruiting, mm -hmm. right? in the College of Engineering, and then I moved over into the whole like startup world and entrepreneurship stuff. Yes. That's amazing. And that's 
And now you're here crushing it, planning amazing yes. tech events. Yes. Pretty quickly, the hackathons got to be so popular that it pretty much became like my full-time job of just organizing hackathons year-round or during the academic year, uh, running four to six hackathons every single year. And that was like nine, nine years now, I think, eight years. It's been hackathons. That's awesome. And yesterday we just had the New York product conference, which Amy helped co-found, which is my favorite product event of the year. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yes, we did just have that yesterday. So I'm still on that big post-event high <laughs> that you get. Dan and Brent, uh, Dan Storms, Brent Tretzky worked uh, at EXO. They were interested in helping to strengthen the product community on the East Coast. I had met Dan at a career fair in my engineering days. He was like, my friend Amy does events. Let's see if she can help us out with this. I was happy to help. Uh, yeah, so just kind of helped them out, started it. And then this was our sixth year of it. And this was an interesting sixth year of it because it was acquired by industry. Mm -hmm. um, so this was kind of like our transition year mm -hmm. of industry really has taken it over. And we were all flattered to death, very excited that our little baby is like in very capable hands and they shared the vision of everybody. So yeah, it was really fun and we did it yesterday. Well, that's amazing. Um, and you've had such a cool career journey and I think the events get better and better the more I go to them, which I'm lucky enough. I was actually one of Amy's student workers yes. back in the day and so I've been to a lot of them. Um, and anyone interested in hackathons, check them out. I can put a link to, I don't know if there's sure. a, right, whatever the website is, I'll put that in the description um, so people can check out the events if they're interested. Also, if you're interested in mentoring, great way to mentor students, meet students, etc. So, And yeah. meet other really fun people. And meet other really fun people. You've come back and mentored. The mentors are professionals, not just young professionals. We frequently have like C-suite folks there mentoring. Um, so yeah, I think the mentors also just have a lot of fun meeting each other. I don't know if I actually have come back and mentored. <laughs> I mean, gosh, you you graduated a while ago. I know, which is so crazy to many. think about. So, um, well, um, on that note, I you know I want to talk to you a little bit about like elevating others because I think that's something that you're incredible at, and because your network is so big at this point from all these amazing tech events, like how how do you elevate others, and and how can we all do that? Everybody has some sort of power mm -hmm. or platform, right? So mine might be, I have a very large, I hate the word network, but mm -hmm. I know a lot, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I know people in high places. I know people that are still, you know, freshman students. I, I've got a very large network of people. I do a lot of conferences and events. So I would say because of that, I have some power, mm -hmm. right? I have the power to introduce people to each other, to make the connection between a junior person and a senior person. I can get introductions to people as they're like maybe building their startup and they're interested in the particular investor. I, the obvious one, right? I put on events. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of power there in who is represented up on that stage, mm -hmm. who is addressing the audience, 
who gets to mentor at a hackathon. All of those sorts of things, if you think about it, is actual, they are career elevating things. They are, it's exposure to a larger audience. It's literally putting people on a platform, a stage to mm -hmm. speak at a conference. That is a form of power to be in a position to be able to do that. And so I think it's with that power comes the responsibility of who am I putting up there? Who am I endorsing? Who am I like giving a soapbox to, mm -hmm. right? So keeping your eye out for like maybe the person in the background or uh, what do I want to say? The There's a lot of people out there that are awesome that just need maybe the opportunity isn't coming to them. They're, you know, we all know about the whole like white male, da da da. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate when I see a panel or something and there's like the one diverse person or mm -hmm. the one female and you're like, oh, yeah. they feel tokenized or it looks tokenized. Um, so I think that it's just knowing what power you do have mm -hmm. and how are you going to use that to help other people, to elevate other people to, right? And we did, we talked about this. We talked about how there's a little bit of selfishness there, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you do that and you help someone else, you feel good about yourself and you feel good about being of service and of helping another person. And then what happens is the more of these connections you make, the more people you introduce to each other, the more you're, I mean, when you make an introduction, like you're vouching for that person. Mm -hmm. When you put someone on a stage, when you make someone a mentor, you're vouching for them. Yeah. You're lending your credibility to them yeah. to add. I think that's the right word. It's credible. Like yeah. it's making you more credible in your Correct. recommendations. I'm loaning my credibility to them to help mm -hmm. elevate them. But then in return, when that works out, mm -hmm. it's adding to my credibility that Amy makes a good introduction. I'm going to take this meeting. I'm going to follow up with this person because Amy made the recommendation and yeah. she does she does this with intention, with thoughtfulness, with integrity yeah. over the genuine benefit of. Yeah. And there's a long-term effect there because if you think about it, like everyone that you've just helped is now someone who can help you when they get to that next stage. You've been asking me for a very, very long time, like since pre-episode one to be on your podcast, and yeah. I've always avoided it <laughs> because I've always felt very awkward about being a boss because though I am, I am older than you and I'm older than all of my student workers, I've always felt more camaraderie and we are, I am not senior in you in any other way other than like sheer age and experience. So I've always felt weird about being a quote unquote boss because I think of a boss as bossy. Fair. As, That's interesting. Uh, as delegating, but more like delegating in a minion kind of a way, mm -hmm. sort of a thing. And you know, I always had this thing where I would be like, we need to do this. We need to do yeah. that. And then I would go, and I know I'm saying we, we like French. I mean you, but I know, and you're always like, I know, Amy, I know you mean well, me. Well, I think do you're it. also just like an incredibly humble person. Cause like 
you were my boss. Like, you were my boss. I was your boss. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that is a term. I referred to you as my boss. Like, yes. that was a thing. So right. I feel like there's definitely something, you know, to, like, to say about that. But I think the other thing I want to call out is, like, if we define boss lady, like, that doesn't have to be, like, Lena is a boss lady. This is Amy's daughter. Like, she's she, a boss lady. Like, I don't think of it as, like, you have to be senior and you have That's to true. have this title. I think of it as, like, almost like a state of being. And, like, when you are in your element at a hackathon, thriving, and, like, things are going well, you've got students in the right places, the mentors are checked in, like, when you're, like, that's boss lady. Like, I've seen it firsthand. So that's why I don't think we even need to, like, think of it. Yeah. So I understand that. Yeah. Okay. I get get that. I was thinking about the old school bosses Mm -hmm. that I've always had where it was very hierarchical. It was very structural power i'm here you are here you yeah. know like in the very old school way yeah so now that i was now in that position of being the boss yeah i felt very no these are highly intelligent students that are phenomenal like they're yeah these are where we are equals we are not but that's probably yes. what makes you maybe a better boss, right? Because, like, maybe. anyone who comes in is, like, I'm senior to you, do X, Y, and Z. Like, no one yeah. really wants to work for that person, no. right? No. So I think of that. I don't know. I yeah. Think. But, I, you know, I want to go back for a second to the elevating others thing just because, like, you helped me get my first job. And I liked what you were saying about, like, recognizing that person that might need to be elevated because I, and I have been up front, I think, on the podcast about this before, like, I had struggled to get a job. Like I got a lot of rejections and like all I wanted was to be a product manager or go into UX design or maybe not design, but research. Like I had so many ideas and no one would hire me. I was this like junior person, no experience. Like, and you made a million connections for me and so many phone calls. And everyone, by the way, took the time to have a call with me, which is again, going back to like your credibility And then thankfully, you know, one of those connections worked and I got my first job and that's kind of what started my career. So I'm just saying that firsthand I was elevated by you and so thankful and fortunate for that. (laughs) You are welcome. And thank you because you're an easy person to elevate. And like, I've always said this, I got the person to open the door, right? I made the introduction. All the rest of it was you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You did it. Your preparation, your your skills, your intellect, your passion, your enthusiasm. Like you got them to welcome you in the door. I just got them to answer the door. That was yeah, that yeah. was that. But, but I think that ties into like this idea and we've talked about it a lot on the podcast of sponsorship, right? Like you in a sense sponsored me, and I think we think about sponsorship as like Oh, like someone senior on the team, letting someone more junior give the presentation to the more senior people. But I think elevating others is, is a form of sponsorship. So whether you're at an event and you're making an introduction, um, or you're introducing me to a guest for the podcast, potentially, like that's a form of sponsorship in the same way. Or do you disagree? Um, I suppose it could be, I've always thought of sponsorship in the very more formalized term of like a very senior person taking a very junior person sort of like under their wing and like you said putting them Mm -hmm. to deliver the presentation or inviting them to the to the power lunch with the power players um sort of like in your corner Mm -hmm. so to speak 
helping you maybe basically they're in a very formal way lending their credibility and prestige mm -hmm. to you to help you. Yeah, I think of sponsorship like that. But that's, I mean, all these words, allyship, like all these words are somewhat newer on the landscape. They're more, more and more people are becoming aware of and accountability partners mm -hmm. and like people are becoming more and more aware of all these different vocabulary words mm -hmm. that I don't think really existed 15 or 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, we were even talking about like vulnerability, like Brene Brown yeah. has made yes. that like the thing. Every, everybody <laughs> knows about vulnerability. Yeah. Every, Adam Grant, everybody knows about organizational behavior mm -hmm. now, right? Um, or Dan Ariel, everybody knows about behavioral economics now. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, there's, I love... We're like, like right in the age of information and everything is, is right there. I think this is a good time to kind of pivot into networking because that like part of what you've been talking about with elevating others is like a lot of introductions. And, you know, I think I've thought about networking in a more traditional way, but I know you have sort of a newer approach to, or not a newer, but maybe a different and better approach to how to network and how to really build those relationships. Yeah, I, I guess so. Once again, I hate the word networking. I feel like it's so icky and so like people schmoozing with you or trying to connect with you for the sheer fact of where you work or who you know mm -hmm. and like how can I get to this person so they can help me get to what I really want and what can I it, yeah I just have I'm I think about networking more like my friends are just like my friends mm -hmm. and We've got different depths of friendship, different degrees of friendship, different, right? Like 50 shades of friendship. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like camaraderie, there's coworker, there's colleague, there's uh, brief acquaintance mm -hmm. that's like, I really like you and you are awesome. And if we lived near each other, we would hang out all the time. <laughs> and like, right, we're like one good night out from being BFFs, mm -hmm. but we don't live near each other. <laughs> But I can still drop you an email once in a while or shoot you a text once in a while mm -hmm. and not to get anything out of it, but just for the fact that I think you're super cool, right? And so when you just, you meet people all the time in everyday life, mm -hmm. especially, right, like I'm just surrounded by people at all of these events and hackathons and whatnot, you just meet people, you just connect with them a lot of time. Like you're just like, there's something about this person. They just sparkle and you're just, yeah. wow. And, and you chat with them and you talk to them and then you connect with them on LinkedIn. Cause it's like a really great way to keep track of all of these people that you meet that you like. Yeah. And then as you're going about your day or your world or whatever, you, you think of something, it makes you think of them, you share it, mm -hmm. they come to your events, you, that, this was, a, so this is an interesting thing. Uh, whenever I'm coming up on an event, I'm always just thinking to myself, how lucky am I? I have got the best job in the world. <laughs> I get paid to go and hang out with my friends. <laughs> I mean, for real. Yeah. And I, and companies sponsor and like cover the costs for events. So I basically companies are paying me to throw parties <laughs> for my friends to come to. Right? As one of those friends, it's pretty great. <laughs> right. 
And I'm like, and it just so happens that maybe 15 or 20% of the people at the party, AKA hackathon or mm -hmm. conference, I happen to know, and we're all friends. And the other 80% are just friends I haven't met yet. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's just how it is. And, and yeah, and we were at the product conference yesterday and yeah. chatting and meeting all these really cool people and things happen. I'm like, Oh wow, that's so amazing. You should meet. I think, can you meet this person? Can you felt like, like I've yeah. got to, you've got to meet this person. Um, and just like, I know a lot of people, they don't know each other. I need to get them to meet each other because yeah. I think there's synergy here and, and that's it. And it's just connecting, hanging out. And you know, a lot of these conferences and whatnot that you go to, you'll see the same people year in, year out. Mm -hmm. And maybe you don't talk to them the first couple of years. And then eventually you finally talk to them and, and then you hit it you off. Hit it and off. it's not even because they're in an industry that you're trying to break into or because they're at a company that you're trying to work at. It's mm -hmm. more just like, they're really cool. They gave an amazing presentation. They, they just, they wore cool shoes. Yeah. You just, for whatever reason, you just start talking to a person and that's it. And then sometimes you just really hit it off really well. And, and then you're connected or you, you yeah. made a connection and it just kind of goes from there and it, it just ripples out. And yeah, I don't know what to say. It's just, no, I love that. I mean, I love that, you know, you're describing everyone already as either a friend or a friend you haven't met yet. And I think that shows that you're not thinking of this as like, Oh, I'm meeting people to get something out of it. It's like, no, I like people and I want to meet them and I want to foster relationships with them. And then yeah. at that time, if there's ever something, whether it's related to a job or a student or whatever that are right. sponsoring a hackathon, like you're already friends with them. So it's just such a like easy conversation to have where it doesn't yeah. have to feel intimidating or anything like that. No. And I joke because people be like, Amy, you're so good at networking. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I hate networking. Networking is icky and yeah. gross. And I mean, and I am not an extroverted person, right? Like I was joking with another one of our friends, right? I'm the person that used to wear headphones <laughs> with just the cord tucked in my pocket so that people would think I was listening to music yeah. so I would not have to talk to them, right? Like, I don't want to meet people. I don't want to talk to people. I don't like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. I'm like super, super, super shy. This was a couple decades ago, yeah. but like I used to be extremely shy and then... And I had this job, believe it or not, I was a full-time bartender, full-time. And not like the nighttime partying bartender. Mm -hmm. Like I worked at a country club and I attended bar from nine to five, <laughs> Monday through Friday. Yeah. Like you need to talk to people or you are not going to get tips. Yeah. And I did that for seven years. So you really have to learn how to just like strike up conversation mm -hmm. and then because I can't stand superfluous, fluffy conversation about weather. <laughs> you have to learn how to get comfortable yeah. having like pretty Meaningful. decent conversation with people yeah. so that you don't drive yourself crazy. And I think I just got a little bit more comfortable about it. And then again, all the Brene Brown stuff about vulnerability mm -hmm. and like, you know what, who doesn't love it when someone walks up to them and starts talking to them and chatting them up at a conference and like not in a creepy stalker predator way mm -hmm. but just in a who doesn't love that who wouldn't totally want someone to walk over so you know what 
I'm like, okay, here we go. Whew, time to get out of my shell. I yeah. see a person kind of standing over there in the corner, just kind of looking down. Here we go, Amy. Don't be a weirdo. Don't, don't, you know, like, don't, <laughs> don't be a weirdo. <laughs> Walk over. Hey, how are you? Yeah. Like, like I did this once with uh, another person. I was like, Let, we're going to go do this. And this person talked to us for like 45 minutes. They saw us at the conference the next mm-hmm. day. And then later they're like, you know, I took a huge risk. I'm at this health conference. This is totally not my domain. I wanted to break into this space. And I just like was like, what the heck? And I bought the ticket and mm-hmm. I'm here and I'm coming. And then I just felt like yesterday, I felt like I just made the biggest mistake and I hadn't talked to anybody. And then you two came over and talked to me. And it just changed everything. And I'm like, I came, I was so set to just leave yeah. last night. And I'm back and 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 like Aww. I was like, oh. That was so nice yeah. that they shared that with us. And what was I doing? I was like, oh my God, don't be a weirdo. Just <laughs> go over and talk to them. They look, yeah. right? And it's not about me. And it's yeah. not about, it was just. Well, I love, I mean, you're probably inspiring people right now who are listening because like, honestly, I'm a very extroverted person. And so it's very cool to talk about what, like the thought process, if you're more introverted on how to break through that and like encourage yourself, especially at these events to network, because I'm sure that that can be the most terrifying thing. And to be honest, just because I'm an extrovert, I'm not like at a conference. I am like, I know Amy, I know one of our friends Tashar, I know this person, those are the people I want to talk to, you know? So it's so, it's hard. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We, you go to the conference, you see some of the people that you just love hanging out with. Yeah. It's so easy to talk, but like we, and we do, but then we're like, okay. And we all branch out. And then we're like, when then we come back and we're like, I met this person. I got to, let me share, let me bring you to them. And like, that's what happened. Right. I met like five people yesterday that I like, when I say I met them, like I really met them. Like I was like, oh my God, like each one of you, there's a handful of people I want to introduce you to. And then brought them back. I had to introduce them to Tashar. Had to introduce this person to this person. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that's so fun. Yeah. That was so silly. I don't know. This was just a silly little tangent. But Yeah. Like, no, I love it. It's it's just, I don't know. It You feel good when you help people feel like they belong. Yeah. And yeah. And I think, right, maybe it just all comes back down to belonging. Yeah. And and creating safe spaces for people to branch out. And I think that's what's cool about like the hackathons is also, you know, you're encouraging networking. We're talking about a conference yesterday, but like when you're in a hackathon, you're put on a team and like that's networking in and of itself. And it's probably a lot easier, especially if someone's introverted to have those more meaningful conversations and maybe a smaller group in a safer space. So I think that's great. Totally. We should probably, I don't know if a lot of people know about what hackathons are. Yeah, that's a good idea. They're very frequently, people think of like, right, programmer, pizza, (laughs) Coca-Cola, right? No, no. These are highly facilitated, hyper-organized, lots of psychological safety and um, organizational behavior. These are multidisciplinary teams of students from undergrad through PhDs Mm -hmm. that are coming together in little teams of four to six to tackle a very specific, like a problem within an industry. Mm -hmm. They work on it for a weekend from a Friday night to Sunday morning. It's about 36 hours. Um, 
and we have all kinds of resources and support there. And the resources are mentors, right? Mm -hmm. Coaches, um, workshops, APIs, data sets, uh, technology, hardware. Like we have, um, what else do we do? We have, yeah, I said workshops. Um, we have all kinds of like basically and our facilitators and mm -hmm. we are there to help guide folks through this very creative, innovative mm -hmm. process and then pitch on Sunday to a panel of judges. So this is everything. We're, we're basically teaching young people how to form an interdisciplinary team, mm -hmm. how to work with people that are different from them because we really stress diversity. Mm -hmm. You need the business student with the engineer, with the human ecology student, with the medical, the doctor. Mm -hmm. And like, so we stress that this is how to articulate a problem, how to really get to what the problem is, how to ask for help, mm -hmm. how to accept feedback, how to interpret feedback, how to like, let's say pivot, how public speaking, how to present your work. It's, it's a lot of skills building mm -hmm. in an experiential setting. I also think that it's a model that can be transformed into like the corporate setting. Cause you know, mm -hmm. a lot of like, I've been at companies that have done hackathons. Mm -hmm. I, I, you've been involved in some corporate hackathons, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely have organized some corporate hackathons. Yes. It's sometimes it's for a problem that they're facing, or maybe they're trying to branch into a new field. Maybe mm -hmm. they want to like, crowdsource some features, right, mm -hmm. from from their employees. Just, yeah, there's any number of reasons to do a hackathon. Do you remember your first hackathon? Absolutely. What was it? It was it was held. And were you the organizer or did you attend I one the first? I was eight months, eight, eight and a half. I was eight months pregnant no with way. my second child. Uh, it was... We just got in the tech campus. It was MIT wanted to do a health hackathon in New York City, and they had basically organized it, and they wanted to partner with Cornell Tech. And everybody was like, Amy, we're super busy. If you have time, if you can do this, take the call, whatever. And I was like, okay, great, awesome. Chatted with Andrea. I was like, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. I love it. Let, let's do it. I've always been interested, like, what's, what's the hackathon, right? So I did my first one at eight and a half months. And that, that was my first experience, which was very, and I should also preface, at, concurrent to that, I was also working on a very corporate hackathon mm -hmm. for a corporate client that was going to be like six weeks later. So my very first one was this very student-run, scrappy, right? Like peel and stick name tags, mm -hmm. very like wide open, anybody and everybody and like 300 people. There were teams of two, there was teams of nine. Mm -hmm. There was like, it was, it was like that. Then I was like nine months pregnant because everybody was so worried that I was going to have the baby before <laughs> the hackathon. Like everybody was very nervous about it. Yeah. Um, it was called the Innovation Express it's corporate. And this was the exact opposite. This was like 30 page MOU from this is how many people are per team. This is the discipline per person on the team. They have to be preformed, pitch an idea, 
they will decide who gets to be in the event based on the idea. And it was like ultimately seven teams of five people per team were allowed to be in the event. And That's it was awesome. hyper structured. Yeah. So I had like the two ends of the spectrum um, were my first two hackathons and they were like literally like within two months <laughs> of each other. I went out, I had a baby. I came back. That was in the spring, mm -hmm. the late, late spring. It was like April and May or March and April. Um, and then I ran my very first hackathon by myself in October. That's and awesome. That was, That's like fast track to hackathon yeah, planning. I did my first one in October. I did my second one in February. And then mm -hmm. I did my third one in March. So like I did three. Just right in a row. Like da da da. And yeah. I was like, so like my first one, it was like, it was a mismatch. Like I took the best elements from the sort of, sort of scrappy student mm -hmm. one. And then the best elements of what I saw in the corporate one put them together and then the second one I was like okay this was working that okay we're gonna tweak this a little bit yeah. and then the next one and then I mean and right they say like with any product if you're not embarrassed by your early yeah, versions yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I'm like oh my god but at the time people were like amazed and they're like life changing and yeah. oh my gosh and companies are spinning out of these hackathons and like which was never the intent right? yeah and and then I would say like Maybe after three years, I started to feel much more confident, mm -hmm. but I still just felt like, I don't know how everybody's calling me an expert because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. It's just working. Yeah. And fake it till you make it. <laughs> right. I was like, I'm not really sure why it's working, but it's working. Yeah. And I'm only changing little things here and there. And, and even now I would say like probably during the pandemic, I'm now I'm like, okay, I always used to like get super embarrassed if people would call me like the hackathon guru or the queen <laughs> of the hackathons or the hackathon expert. But I think I'm finally getting comfortable with, I guess, yes, if after eight years I'm not an expert. I probably should be doing something different. So I think... I think you're an expert. I'm and okay. I think it's time we get the sweatshirt that says Queen of Hackathons. I think That's I'm okay epic. with it now. I think I'm okay um, with that title now. Yeah. I want to talk about the fact that we had a conversation, which to be honest, I actually don't remember, but you reminded me of it, about how I don't think you had realized that you were working in a male-dominated space. And I guess I called that out. Um, you did. I don't remember totally that. Did. <laughs> but what was that awareness like was, for you? I just had never occurred to me that I was the only woman in the room. Mm -hmm. And you're right. You pointed it out. And then I couldn't help but notice it all the time. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, she was right. Oh, wow. Once again, why? Oh, hmm. Huh. Why am I? Why? Now I can't unsee it. Does it matter? Yeah. Is it okay? Yeah. And I don't know. It was just. It was suddenly being aware of it. Yeah. And I know you said to me, now that, are you glad you're aware of it? Mm -hmm. Or do you wish I had never made? Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, ignorance is bliss versus knowledge is power. Like, right. Do you wish you didn't know? I think it's okay. It's good mm -hmm. that I know because knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And now I can better, I probably didn't realize. I was probably doing things 
to navigate those situations mm -hmm. and I wasn't aware that I was doing it. Now, knowing that I'm the only woman in the room or knowing mm -hmm. that there's probably some preconceived notions here about my abilities or my knowledge base in this mm -hmm. area, I can go into a room, a meeting, whatever, knowing that there might be a little bit of bias to overcome. And that's okay. Everybody's got a little bit of implicit bias. Mm -hmm. We're all working on it. And just being aware of it and knowing that I've not had much trouble with it. I'll mm -hmm. be honest. I think, and I'm almost uncomfortable talking about it because I almost, it's almost like I don't want everybody to know my secret power of why you're not threatened by me. Mm -hmm. Because then if you know why you're not threatened by me, I don't know. I don't know. Do you want to go into it? We don't have I to. Mean, I'm physically a very small person. So I'm not very intimidating physically. I'm tiny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tiny. I appear younger than what I am. I'm, I speak pretty confidently in these meetings. I tend to wait until I'm spoken to. Mm -hmm. I let the men take the lead. I'm okay with that. I let well that can be very powerful especially because then there's that moment of like well wait a minute what does Amy think and then yes. all of a sudden the floor is yours right I have time to read the room mm -hmm. read the ego or read the politics mm -hmm. the this person is speaking in a very let's say academic way they want to know what I think not what mm -hmm. I feel right? This person is all science. He wants the statistics. What does the research say is the best thing to do? Mm -hmm. What does the data say? So by the time I speak, you're right. It's okay. Well, Amy's the one who's actually doing this. So Amy, what are your thoughts here? And then, and I then can the floor say, is yours. I think, and I feel, yeah. and the surveys have shown my experience has been right. Yeah. And I can use, I, I can use the words that are demonstrating what people, I don't want to say want to hear, but I, you, you need to listen to what is said, mm -hmm. but also what is not said. Yeah. Right? Like there's a, a huge amount of information that's given when someone's not saying something. Yeah. So just being, I think that's probably one of my biggest skill sets is being a really active listener, listening to reading between the lines mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I can address in my response. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like almost knowing has actually brought you a lot of power because now you've figured yeah. out the right way to approach the situation. Yes. And there's a, and being able to tell, like people get very quickly that like, I love my job. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you stuff because I'm trying to make myself look good. And I want you to hire me or promote mm -hmm. me or whatever. Right. Like I like what I do and I don't want your job and I'm not trying to take your job. Yeah. I'm here to put on a great event, mm -hmm. a great experience. I want my users, my students to have an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. And I want it to reflect very, very highly on you. Yeah. My sponsors, my, my colleges, my faculty, I want all prestige and glory to mm -hmm. go to you guys, you folks. Elevating others. Right. You guys, I want to make you look great and I want you to get all the credit 
and I want the students to have an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. And that is my goal. And, and a lot of times, yeah, I mean, I think that's like, yeah, I hate to do this and, and end our interview, but mm-hmm. I'm going to ask my last question for you. Can oh, you guess what it's going to be? I do know what it's going to be. What do you feel is one of your greatest accomplishments? Yes, I knew that this, I knew this one was coming and I was like, how vulnerable am I going to be? Am I going to do the like straight up? Of course, my kids. Oh my God, kids. Totally. <laughs> right. But I think it's more than just my kids. It's more than just my marriage. It's more than just my job. It's more than just the fact that I like graduated from high school. Right. It's, it's all of it. It's everything. It's coming from a somewhat underprivileged background, mm, going to a lot of different high schools, um, kind of just getting pushed through, not really, I mean, I didn't even go to college until I was an adult. I never even thought that I would go to college. I was like, oh, smart people go to college, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And just, I think overcoming that and having literally the life that I have, the friends that I have, the, I just, I, it, this is my biggest accomplishment is like my life is my biggest accomplishment. I'm, yeah. Because yeah, you've know. made it all happen. I mean, that's incredible. It's, I mean, I do. I've got the greatest network. Yeah. Network, right? We yeah. say, uh, all human endeavor is held together by relationships between people. That is a web of net. That's mm-hmm. a network, right? I've got the most amazing friends. I could call you, I could rely on you for anything and vice versa. You can call me anytime. And I don't want to use like all of our other friends that we have in common, their names, but like, I just have such strong relationships. I've got such an amazing group of people, amazing family, amazing kids, amazing, even my neighbors. I mean, I'm just like, (laughs) I I have a job that I love Yeah, and I am excited to go to work and throw more parties from a friend. (laughs) And meet more new people. And yeah. and yeah, I don't know. It's, um, I think that's an, an amazing answer. Thank you for being on Boss Ladies. Absolutely. Anytime, Olivia. This is awesome. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Boss Ladies. Check back next week for a new episode. Visit us at www.bossladiespodcast.com for more information about the show or follow us at Boss Ladies Podcast on Instagram. Rate, like, and follow the show on all of your favorite podcast platforms.